Well, welcome everybody to Shine. It's a little chilly out there. You wouldn't know that it's almost April, would you? <laughs> I guess it is Colorado. So here we are. Yeah. Um, uh, how's everybody doing tonight? Yeah. Thanks for coming out. I mean, we never know what the weather's going to do. So this morning I was telling some of the ladies, I wasn't real sure if we were going to get a blizzard or not. It was blizzarding in Monument. <laughs> I could hardly see my neighbors. So anyhow, yeah. Did everybody get something warm to drink? Super. Thank you, Della. If you appreciate all the yummy things, let's give her a hand. Thank you, Della. We appreciate it. And Daryl, her husband, is a huge help, too. So... Anyhow, Jan's not with us tonight. Her daughter is in town, and she has a parent-teacher, a mandatory parent-teacher conference she had to be at. Mm -hmm. So I know lots of people have things going on. Um, just a, a quick announcement about the um, on April 30th and May 1st. That's when we're going to do our next war room, 24-hour war room, and um, you can go to uh, just go to the road. And it's like the front page, the, the main page that you can sign up there. It'll take you to a link to sign up. And so last time it was so powerful. I'm really glad. Who, was, who participated in the last one? One hour it was like, phew. So I'm really glad they're doing the two hours. I think that'll be a lot better. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think we probably need prayer for America, don't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we need to really be on that. Um, and here, isn't this beautiful? Jan has added uh, the Lady of Wisdom. What do you think the mouth is for? The lips. She, yes, her speech. She speaks wise things. Yes. What? Kiss. That's right. That kisses too. And she is worth more than rubies. So I think that's just wonderful. I love what Jan's doing. We'll have to see what the finality is. The finale of this is desire. Um, next week we'll be studying the glory of man fallen and redeemed. And um, I really believe it's going to be a powerful time. And so uh, I would encourage you all to pray. Just pray about that. Because this, is, this thing of glory is really important. Um, it wasn't something I'd ever heard of before I did the aspects, but it has been, uh, it's really important to learn what these things are in God's design. And I think some of the things that hinder us, we're going to cover some of the things that hinder our glory uh, next week. And I think there'll be, just be praying for it and um, what the Lord has for each one of us next week. Um, I think it'll be a great time. You know, I think God really desires for his bride to continually being set free and um, to be more radiant. You know, every time I hear the word radiant, I probably shouldn't say this, but I always think of Wilbur, you know, Charlotte's Web, you know. And, but in one sense, when we are radiant, what are we, you know, Charlotte would write something up there on the, on the web. And I just think that when we're radiant ladies... What does it say? It's saying something. And when we're not, it's saying something. Not that we always have to be bubbly and joyful, but there's a deep inner strength that we have, that there's a deep joy even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of challenge, even in the midst of hard times. Mm -hmm. There's things. Dina, I was going to say, you can join in with somebody else. I'm looking around going, are you really by yourself? Oh, right. Okay. That's wise. See, a lady of wisdom over here. <laughs> um, okay. So this week, we're going to start with a 30-minute Bible study. So I'll do, give a little introduction, and then we'll go into a Bible study. And then uh, probably it'll be about 7.15. Um, I'll teach. And then we will, after I teach, we'll have like 10 minutes of Q&A. So there might be some questions you have. Jot those down. Um, if you don't come up with answers in your Bible study, jot those down and then ask them during the Q&A time. <laughs> um, so, and then uh, I have a, a little video that I'd like to show y'all to just demonstrate, just to see a little illustration of 
a real woman who's being a glory to her man. Okay? And then um, if we have time after that, I, there's a little something I'll read after it and we'll pray. Um, something Jan said, she sent out to the facilitators, and she said, this is a beautiful aspect that unfortunately has gotten trampled upon in our modern society. Pray that the Lord will touch each of our hearts to hear what the Spirit says about the glory of man created tonight. So um, let's do that. Let's just take a minute and pray. Lord, we come to you, and we humble our hearts before you. We humble our lives before you. We bow our preconceived ideas of what your design is, and we pray that you would... Um, Confirm the ones to us tonight that are aligned with your design. And if there's anything we're believing tonight, that as we read your word and study your word, that you would, uh, you would help us to see any area that's not aligned with your design, Lord. And help us to grow, to be the glory of man that you've called and created us to be. And so, Lord, we praise you. We thank you for desiring us. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for, Jesus, that we've just celebrated how you came and how you died for us and how you rose again. And the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. Lord, may we embrace the truth and authority of what you've given us to truly shine the areas where we're wounded and hurt, the areas where there's been lies, the areas where we have misconceived ideas. Lord, we just bow that before you, and we ask for your help to grow to be the glory of man that you've called and created us to be, to be radiant. And so, Holy Spirit, would you come and minister to each woman here? Each one has something going on in her life, has things going on in her life, has situations that she needs you to show up in. And I just pray for the power of your Holy Spirit to minister to each woman here tonight, to hear your truth, to hear that you love her and how you care for her. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, I would just like to invite you into this. The glory of man is as concrete as your brain. We know we have a brain, but can anybody tell me absolutely how it works? That's kind of how the glory of man is. We know because God tells us we're the glory of man. But I don't think anybody has all the answers of what it is to be the glory of man. But what he has, has told us in his word is what we can go on and learn from. And we can grow in our glory of man aspect. Let me remind you, some of you may not have heard this. I grew up as the sixth of the youngest of four older brothers and an older sister. And my sister would side with my brothers because she knew if she sided with me, it'd be a losing battle. <laughs> I beat boys up on the playground. And I, so I have had a lot of growth in my glory of man, okay? <laughs> I was a tomboy. I would go to walk into a bathroom and somebody would say, oh, excuse me, but the, the boy's bathroom is over here. And I'm like, I'm a girl. I'll just walk on in, you know? <laughs> so we can grow. We can grow in our femininity, ladies. We can embrace God's design. We can learn what that is. And if, um, as a teenager or as a young girl, if you would have told me that I would have been teaching and learning and about these things, I would have laughed in your face. First <laughs> um, Corinthians eleven seven B and C says. For man is made in God's image and reflects God's glory. And woman reflects man's glory. So this is our base scripture. This is, this is the foundation, foundational scripture. Um, I want to play a song for you. And as you listen, remember that the men are the glory of God. We just read that. Men are the glory of God. So this is the glory of God singing to you. Isn't that beautiful? I really think that's what the Lord sings to you. Men of the glory of God. And for so many years, the Lord's been unpacking this to me about how we see God through our men. Now, they're fallen, yes, just like we are. 
but good-hearted men. We see, um, we see how that can be God singing to you. He loves you just the way you are. You're beautiful just the way you are to him. When you wake up in the morning, before you do your hair, before you put up on your, your makeup on, you're beautiful just the way you are. And I think we need to see ourselves. I don't think we see ourselves that way. I'm my, my worst critic, not my husband, not my dad, not my brothers. It was me. And there's something about that as women. We tend to, we tend to be more critical. So step with me into the glory of man aspect of womanhood. We're just going to kind of step into this. For some of it, it's simple. It's, a simple, it's simple to embrace. For others... It's not so easy to embrace. It was hard for me. This was the most challenging aspect for me. And we'll get into some of those reasons later. But it was a challenging aspect for me. For some, it's just, it's very, it's as normal and natural as everyday life. Um, Proverbs 2, 3 to 5 says, Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Let's dig them out. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord, and you will gain knowledge of God. If you're not used to this type of study, because we're going to start out with a Bible study. Some of you are used to it. Some of you aren't. Um, that's okay. Just enjoy the Word and the wonderful women at your table and follow their lead, and you'll enjoy your time together. Um, the beauty of the glory of man aspect is it brings, it brings all four of the aspects together. The mistress of the domain, the helper completer, the life giver, and the wisdom. It brings all this together. To be, to be a complete glory of man, it really encompasses it. It's kind of a summation of them. Um, so to be, oh, well, let's just take some time and study this out. So let's take about 30 minutes here. So we'll wrap up about 20 after. Or 25 after. And uh, so in, in your groups, just enjoy studying. Uh, your Does everybody have questions? Everybody have your questions? Okay. And then again, remember, if you, have, if you have any questions that you don't get answered, then after my talk, we'll have a Q&A. So write those to the side. It may be answered in the talk. So anyhow, y'all enjoy your time. Go ahead. The time is ticking. Okay, did y'all get through all of them? Who got through all of them? No? Yeah. Um, you got the comment. Oh, oh, we got the commentary out. Does anybody want to share something that really stood out to you? One person from a table, just share something real quick. Anyone, just something that stood out to you. It was an aha moment or... What's that? We're confused. Oh, okay. So you have a lot of questions. Confused of the scriptures or confused of the question? Wow, super. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Number four, read 1 Corinthians eleven seven B and C and write down the different glories for men and women. Well, it was just B and C. We're, we weren't going into the whole head covering thing. It was just the glories. So men are the glory of God. So it's a glory to a man to, to well, you know what? It, it'll answer in the talk. You'll, you'll get some answers in, in the talk. So... Anyhow, so super. Is it? Did you enjoy getting in and just get stir? It's stirring some questions, isn't it? That's good. That's great. So today we live in a culture that really does not affirm in a woman's life that which truly makes her shine. It uh, it affirms really. Uh, our culture is affirming more things. I don't. I don't need to have my pen up here pointing at you. <laughs> 
It does, our culture is really affirming things that are more a glory to men. Um, and not to take that to the extreme, but our culture doesn't affirm what God affirms for women to be a, a wife and a mom. I mean, that's something that's in a woman's heart to do. But uh, like I've said before, I can't tell you how many young women I have talked with one-on-one -on -one and said, what do you want to do when you, you know, from high school? What do you, what do you want to do? What do you want to pursue? Well, I'm getting my, my degree and da 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 It's like, that's great. That's wonderful. What do you really want to do with your life? And I can't tell you how many young women, and there was nobody around. We were, several of them were in my house all alone. But they would whisper as if someone was listening and going to hit them over the head. And with tears coming down their cheeks. Really? I just want to be a wife and a mom. And there's something in us that's there. That's a good thing. But our culture doesn't affirm it. Is it wrong to get your degree? Is it wrong to have a job? No, that's not wrong. But let's put priorities where God puts priorities. That's all I'm saying. So we don't live, we live in a culture that, that um, it's not affirmed, but we see it in movies. Um, movies such as The Sound of Music, um, The Cinderella Man, King's Speech, uh, A Walk to Remember, The Notebook. We see in here the challenges, the grittiness of life, of relationships, of the attraction that there is between man and woman. There again, it's as concrete as our brain, it's as abstract as how does it work. Um, and then if we didn't, if we totally understood the attraction of it all, we wouldn't need God. There's something in the beauty and the mystery of this being, of men being the glory of God and women being the glory of man, that we need God to help us understand what that is. We need God to help us grow in that. Being the glory of God for men and being the glory of man for woman could very well be the most expansive challenge for us as men and women. It is all-encompassing. It's something we deal with every day, every part of our life, and yet it's so elusive. It's kind of hard to wrap our brain around it. To be the glory of man, we need to stay close closely connect, connected to God, our Father. He is the only one who can help us navigate through the beautiful glories of our femininity and the, and the heart and the ache of the challenges. Because they're so, I mean, where there's great glory, there's also great challenge and great pain. And God is there for both of them. He's there to help us walk through both of them. The first time we see the glory of man in Genesis 2, 23 and with great excitement, Adam rejoices when God bestows the greatest gift that can be given a man. And God himself gave him his wife, a woman, wife. It's the, it's the greatest gift. And it can also be the greatest challenge, depending on where both of them are coming from. We need to remember our men don't see us. Well, one of the things in that, and I'm going to read it in just a minute, but it, Adam didn't start picking her apart. He didn't start saying, oh, well, her hair isn't this, and her eyes aren't that, and her nose isn't this, and, oh, those hips, I don't know, God. You know, he, he didn't go there. No. We need to remember our men don't see us the way we oftentimes see ourselves, and that's from that song. I, I, that's how they see us. When Denny first heard that song, he came home and he, honey, you have to hear this song. I mean, it resonates in men's hearts. And those men are singing that. It's resonating with something in their heart. And yeah, oftentimes when Denny compliments me, I'm like, you know, I can easily say, right, you know, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I don't believe it. I'm glad you do. You know, I think we can, we all kind of feel that way to a certain degree. Um, Listen to what Adam says. I believe this is how our good-hearted men see us. Genesis 2.23 says, and this is all with great expression, exclamation points. At last! 
the man exclaimed, this one is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. He's seeing her as part of himself. And we're, some of these scriptures we're studying, we're seeing that the two are one, that they are, when a, when a man, I mean, men, you know, I don't know if you ever saw the cartoon, when a, when a man looks in the mirror, I remember seeing this cartoon once, and it had this man looking in a mirror, and he had this big pot belly and no hair, and, but the image he saw in the mirror was this buff guy with cool hair, and he was just, he was happening. And then it shows a woman looking in the mirror, and she's beautiful, but the image she sees is so marred. But if you think about it, if a man sees himself that way in the mirror, and the two become one, He's seeing himself because we're bone of his bone. I've never, I, this is happening while I'm talking to you. I've never really seen it this way before. But a man, when he sees us, he sees us like that image in the mirror of him. You know, I mean, he sees us as beautiful. That's what I'm trying to say. Men see women as beautiful. A husband sees his wife as beautiful, unless he's been deeply marred somehow. And that does happen. There's wounds that are there. There's a lot of excitement in these verses. Now, in Proverbs 12, 4, A, it says, A worthy wife is a crown for her husband. Ladies, you are a crown to your husband when you honor him, when you respect him, when you're a glory to him. You're a crown to him. God gave Adam a crown. That was Eve. She was his glory. What is glory? Google defines it this way, magnificent, great beauty. Take great, take great pride or pleasure in. I think that's how God sees the church. It says when, and when she smiles, the whole world watches. We're the bride of Christ. We're to be radiant, and when we smile, the world watches. And we are representing our Heavenly Father. We're representing our bridegroom. We're representing our men. We're representing our husband. You know, I can't, I can't change my nose. I can't change my eyes. I can't change my ears. I'm sure I could do, you know, we can all do plastic surgery. But this isn't something we can change, right? I can't change my height. I can put heels on, but I'm not going to change my height. I can't change my body structure or my ethnicity. This is who I am. I can't change these things. My facial structure is what it is. When I was a little girl, I used to think my nose was too big and pointed. So I would go to sleep at night pushing it up like this. Because my sister was beautiful. I have this beautiful sister. And she had this pug nose kind of. I mean, a beautiful nose. I mean, what? The things that mar us. The things, the ideas we get. And literally for years, I think it's, if I... There was a, a crease across my nose, you know, because I thought if I pushed up on it, then I would, end, I would wake up with a pug nose in the morning, you know. <laughs> I love my nose now, but there was a time there that I, I couldn't change it, you know. I tried. And here's the thing. Thank God. Here's, what can we change? We can change our attitude. We can change our words. We can change our choices. And thank God for that. These are the things that are really more important than our physicality. And something that if, you know, you've heard it said that a smile is a curve that increases your face value. It really is. Smile is a curve that increases your face value. So if you want your face value increased... Smile. See, you all look beautiful when you smile. <laughs> and when you smile, I was thinking about this. It's a little closer to a laugh. You can't laugh without smiling. Try it. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> smiling and laughing. And it's, it's so good for us. Let's see it. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look good on you, girl. <laughs> uh, 
Smiles and laughter is contagious. It really is. Depression can be contagious. An attitude. Have you ever had somebody walk in with an attitude and it can affect the whole house? Or they can walk in with an attitude and it will affect the whole house. God tells us that the wise woman of Proverbs 31 in in verse 25 is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. Ladies, smile, laugh. Uptight people don't smile. Uptight people don't laugh. God's got you. You can trust him. You can laugh regardless of what your situations and circumstances are. You can smile because God has you. He's working on your behalf. Maybe this is an area we need to be more childlike, trusting our Heavenly Father and smile. Then let go and laugh. I love time with my grandchildren. We laugh. We have so much fun together. We do silly things. Sometimes we just laugh at laughing. You know how that is. You just get tickled. And one will laugh and the other will laugh at them laughing and then we're all just laughing. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's like therapeutic. Um, A movie I love that depicts the glory of man aspect is The Sound of Music. Captain Von Trapp illustrates the, the masculine so well with his focus on on work and providing for his family and protecting his country. And then we have um, Julie Andrews' character, Maria, captures uh, Captain Von Trapp's eye and his heart with her mastery of the domain. Think about it, her mastery of the domain, making clothes out of curtains or whatever it is, Um, ability to help and complete the things that were close to his heart, give life to him his children, and home, as well as operate in such a life-giving wisdom that baffled him at times. You could tell. It's like it, it, it caught his heart, it captured his heart, but with his mind he didn't get it. And it brought such delight to the children that it set them free. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't... Can I ask Sure. His first girlfriend in the movie was all straight-laced and stuffy and... Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's so true. So the Baroness, on the other hand, um, she appealed to his more of the, the base nature or the prideful areas or the things that were common to man rather than the things that brought glory. Um, she used her feminine craftiness to maneuver her man for her own benefit while plotting to send the kids, to send them away to boarding school so that she didn't have to deal with them, you know. Um, Ephesians 5, to 33 are some of the most conclusive verses on God's design for men and women and their prospective glories. In previous chapters and previous classes, we have covered how both men and women are created in God's image. I don't know if everybody was here or not, but we've covered that. Um, But now we're looking at things, they're different glories. So we're all created, men and women are created in God's image. But now we're looking at the glories and how the glories are different for men than for women. Um, Did everybody read Ephesians 5, 22 to 33? Okay, I'm not going to read them again. Um, And how many different versions did we have it read in? Um, So how do men display being the glory of God? God bless you. How do men display being the glory of God? It is in their bearing of self-possession. Their decisiveness. They represent authority. Their voice, their shoulders, their build. Men carry an authority. We all, as authority of the believer, we have. But men carry the authority and how they walk and uh, differently than women do. They share God's masculine roles, and those roles are father, son, bridegroom, husband, warrior, king, and priest. When men take on these roles, they are a glory to God. They picture God in a way women do not. 
men are to lead their wives, families, and the church in obeying and worshiping God through the reading and teaching of the scriptures. Now, can women do all of these things? Yes, they can. But it doesn't look the same on her as it does on him. How do women display being the glory of man? Because we, we, we have to know what... We had to go through what men being the glory of God is so we understand what it is for the woman to be the glory of man. 1 Corinthians 11.9 says, A man... And man was not made for woman, but woman was made for man. So, woman was made from and for the man, so she is a great glory to the man. Her sexual response is a special glory to man. I want to read something from um, uh, the five aspects here. I just I love the way Barbara put it. And... Um, she says, after making love to his bride, the bridegroom in Song of Solomon 5.1 says, I have come into my garden, my sister, my bride. I have gathered my myrrh along with my balsam. I have eaten my honeycomb and my honey. I have drunk my wine and my milk. She says, notice the bridegroom uses the most lavish metaphors here. Imaginable to describe the sensual delights of love. I know... We're at all ages here. We're at all stages here. Single, married, divorced. But at our core, no matter what stage we are, from in the womb to the tomb, we're a sexual being. And we're all interested in it. But the church talks about it very little. And we need to hear it from God's standpoint of who we are in our sexual nature. The beauty of it. The glory of it. It is something to be embraced not to hide in dark corners. It's something that is very sacred and holy. And it is to be private, but that doesn't mean it's not to be taught and, and, and talked about. He also emphasizes that all the treasures belonging to him, his wife is the garden. Um, I think I missed something there. Lavish, sensual delights of love. He also emphasizes that all these treasures belong to him. His wife is his garden, and the delights therein are his. The rest of the verse is spoken by the narrator of the song, probably God himself, who says, Eat, friends, drink, and imbibe deeply, deeply, O lovers. God blesses the pleasure and the joy of sexual love and marriage. And what was the first verses we read uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 3 or something about whatever you do, uh, whether eating or drinking. And here it has, here it's talking about eating and drinking. I mean, you don't necessarily think of that as part of the, but one of the most intimate things we do, I mean, when you go on a date, you usually eat together. I mean, you don't usually sit down and eat with your enemies. Eating together is a rather intimate thing to do, and it's very base and core to who we all are and what sustains us. In lovemaking, the man actually enters the woman. He is entering into the woman's body, is likened to entering a garden or opening a spring or well. God made the woman's body and her soul to have a response to the man's entering. What is the response? Indifference, yawning, mild interest, Ideally, the response should register somewhere between thrill and wild ecstasy. This is the organic joy and climax of the sexual response which God created the woman to have. When that response is not there, there is a sense of lost glory. There are many reasons why this response may not be there. This may not be the fault of the man or the woman. Nevertheless, if a man's wife does not respond to him, or cannot respond to him. Something that was to be a unique glory to him. An affirmation of his manhood has been lost. Man can earn glory and affirm his manhood in only two areas. Women can in many ways. But for men, it's basically these two areas. One area is the world of work or combat. Whether academic, sports, war, or business where he goes out into, a, into nature to conquer, to rule and subdue. The other is the world of relationships and love, where he wins the response of the woman. 
if the response of his wife is taken away, something very basic to his psychological and sexual foundation will be taken away. Many times such a man will feel that his glory is lost. There's something very beautiful about this, and there's something very sacred. It's very intimate. It is private, and it's not always comfortable to talk about, but it's something that we're all interested in understanding and knowing more about. And I think as we as women, we are created to respond, and our men need us to respond to them. Fathers do. Brothers do. Husbands do. Bosses do. Um, that response is, is so, so important and a part of, of who God has created us to be as women. Um, so, as a woman, we loved being covered. We love being covered and adorned because it is basic to our glory as a creature in a way it is not for a man. I mean... I mean, we'll buy clothes for our men, but we don't really think of adorning our men like men are adorn us. We desire to be adorned. Men just put clothes on to cover the frame, you know. I mean, it's not women. It's, it's more a part of who we are to be adorned, to be desired. There's something very part of our nature in that. Um, how do women's roles glorify man's roles? So here we go from from uh, the difference of how do men display being the glory of God and women display being the glory of God to how do women's roles glorify man's roles. He is father, she is mother. He is bridegroom, she is bride. He is husband, she is wife. He is king, she is queen. Feminine roles answer and correspond to masculine roles. Um, the roles are initiator and responder, leader and helper, husbandman and life giver. These are all ways women's roles bring glory to men in their roles. Does that, are you tracking? Does it make sense? I know it's a lot to take in. I, I see y'all just processing. What is the most beautiful part of a woman? 1 Peter 3, 3 to 4 says, Don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. You should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. There's few things God calls precious, but a gentle and quiet spirit is one of them. It ranks up there with the cornerstone and the blood of Christ. Those are some pretty big things. Gentle means meek and under authority, synonymous with submission. Quiet means, doesn't mean that she's not to talk. It's full of faith, not troubled, upset, or fearful, synonymous with trusting. When her submission to God, by keeping her trust in Him, and displaying a submitted spirit to her authority, is in a calm way. This is what's beautiful. The most beautiful thing about a woman is that attitude. We can change our attitude. We can change our words. We can change our choices. As we read Ephesians 5, 22 to 33, Christ and the church are the role models that anchor and amplify the glories of man and woman. So this is, in, in those 11, 12 verses, this is what anchors and this is what amplifies the glories of man and woman. So what about interdependence? How are we interdependent on one another? Just as we see with Christ in the church, we see with man and woman. They do the same things in different ways. They are interdependent, not interchangeable. In our society today, they're trying to interchange rather than be interdependent. Both are dependent on each other. Women lean on men to move the heavy loads women cannot bear. And men 
lean on women, as Proverbs 31:11 says, her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. To trust means to lean on and to rest on with one's entirety. Both glorify one another. In Song of Solomon, it talks about how Solomon pursues his beloved and she responds to him. It is a glory to her for him to pursue her and it is a glory to him for her to respond with acceptance. So, I mean, this thing of, of pursuit, of initiation, and it's a glory to a woman. I mean, I think of, you know, going downtown and there's construction going on and a pretty girl walks by and what are, what are the workmen? You know. You know, it's, I mean, in one sense, it's like, really? But in another sense, they're seeing the beauty. Now, are they fallen? Probably. But they, they are seeing beauty and they are acknowledging that. Now, the woman just keeps going. A good-hearted woman just keeps on going. She doesn't respond to it, of course. But this is part of it. There is, there is something that's like, oh, you know, still got it going on or whatever. You know, there's, there's something inside. I, you know, I don't want anything to do with them, but there's still, when a man notices a woman's beauty, it registers something in there because we're created to be desired. But we don't, uh, that, we save that for our husbands. We save that, we keep our purity. Um, get, no, I want to get ahead of myself. But it's a, it's a, when a godly man initiates towards a godly woman and she responds, that is a glory to him. When he wins her heart, that is a glory to him. And Christ says that's one of the things that he is afraid of. Basically, if you read that, forget the word, the, 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 the scripture, but that he will come back and not find faith. He will not find acceptance. He will not find a bride that's looking for him and responding to him. Both protect each other. Men protect women with their strength. And women protect men with their purity. Your purity is so important. Not just as a single woman, but as a married woman. Both nurture one another. Women by caring for their men children and families, and men by making fruitful that which is in their domain. There are things that can hinder our glory of man aspect. It could be a difficult relationship with our father, a father who didn't affirm our femininity, uh, unforgiveness, especially toward a significant man in our life, or not having it modeled by our mother, these, just to name a few, um, my mom and dad divorced. My mom and my dad were both amazing people, but I didn't see it modeled in my home. They didn't figure that dance out. Um, it could be sexual abuse as a little girl or an adult. The range is wide and vast. We all have had one or more things that have chipped away at our Gloria Man aspect. That's just part of being in this world. We don't have perfect leaders or lovers. We didn't have perfect fathers, as wonderful as they may have been or as fallen as they may have been. All of these things can chip away at our glory of man aspect. But the one thing, there is nothing that is too small and there is nothing that is too great that God can't heal. Um... Here's some other things that, uh, something else that Barbara Mauser had to say that I think would be a, a blessing to you ladies. One must never deny the truth of sexual difference in an attempt to bolster the truths of sexual mutuality. The interdependence and mutuality of man and woman are built upon their differences, all leading to the glory of God himself. Men's glory 
being the glory of God and you being the glory of man ultimately brings glory to God. To use the interdependence of the sexes as a weapon to destroy their created differences is wicked. It not only destroys the glory of God in our sexuality, but it cuts off from one another and from ourselves. It cuts us off from God. It cuts us off from one another because we're moving in a direction that's not God's design. When we move in the direction of God's design, then we find connection with him and connection with one another. Fulfilling your glory of man aspect is not dependent upon being beautiful, beautiful physically. Those who are un, unremarkable, isn't that nice how she says that? <laughs> Those who are unremarkable in body are nevertheless capable of apprehending the marvel of sexuality, the wonder of the glory of God in man, the beauty of the glory of man and woman. Holding these truths as precious in our souls is the foundation of a feminine confidence and beauty which will be appreciated by both God and man. Isn't that beautiful? I love that last part. Holding these truths as precious in our souls and the, is the foundation of a feminine confidence and beauty which will be appreciated by both God and man. When we, when we get this within the core of our being, ladies, there's a confidence. It's not in whether we get whistled at. It's not in if our husband does pursue us or not. There's a confidence of who we are, of who God's created us to be, that we are loved, that we are beautiful from the inside out. It's not about the outer. It's about the inner and when that flows out over the outer, there's beauty regardless of the facial structure or the build of the body. It doesn't matter. The clothes, I mean, these things, they're going to pass away. It's the, the gentle and quiet spirit that really matters. Um, and then uh, I think, yeah, and then right here in closing, and then we'll watch a, a video. Hey, we're doing good on time. It is a glorious thing to be a woman. It is a glory different from the man's glory. But it is a great glory for we all are creatures. Our privilege and calling as women is to highlight creatureliness in our beings, to model the gentle spirit, to display faith trust and peacefulness thus adorning our lives with the lasting beauty that pleases God himself so are we living to please our men we want to please them but we are living to please God that is who we ultimately want to glorify ladies is God and he's the one who set up the levels of authority he's the one that is passionate about this he created you with the graceful sway. He created you with finer features. He created the men with more chiseled features, some of them more chiseled than others, but with the broader shoulders and to, you know, to, I, I've had a hard time getting into the pickle jar before and when my husband and three sons were there, as they got a little bit older, you know, they would just stand there and watch me as I would struggle trying to get it off. And finally, I would say, would somebody help me? They were all there. I mean, and then it became a competition, you know. <laughs> but it's us making room for them, whether it's a pickle jar or whether it's buying a house or, or whatever, whether it's prayer or how we do devotions or where we go to church. These are things where we need to make room for our men to lead so that they can, they can be the glory that God's called them to be. But we live in a culture, ladies, that's antithetical to that. We self-protect by making all the decisions ourselves, by running out ahead and not making room for our men to lead. One of our conversations at our table was, we think of things so quickly, don't we? we we've got the answer. We can do it. We can, we can, we, we've got this. We understand it. And our, our men are just kind of... Thinking about it. And we're like, it's 
oh, obvious, come on, you know. But, and it, that takes the scripture of waiting on the Lord a whole new thing. If men are the glory of God, we wait on the Lord. There is, there is an exercise in us of trusting the Lord and not running them over with what we get so quickly, but being patient. And when, when we talk about making room for men to lead, it's part of it's just patience and prayer and giving them room. The, the men and women's brains, this is another thing that's so different. We're created to be a helper, but a man's brain, the hemispheres, for a woman, it's like a superhighway in between, and our hemispheres connect really quick. The, what connects a man's hemis two hemispheres is it's like a footbridge. Okay. So just remember that. God created them, right? We are to wait on the Lord and be patient and make room for that. So there is a, a clip here that I want to, John, if you can get it ready, that I want to play for y'all that kind of gives an illustration. I was watching this clip night before last, and I thought, this is a real live woman who is being a glory to her man who's walked through difficult situations and you can see it in his eyes you can see it in her eyes and she is being a glory she's standing beside her man and she's being a glory to him and um, after this is over there's a there's a note that I wrote to this woman that I want to share with you. I think we'll have time for that. It's a seven-minute video. Um, are y'all familiar? This is uh, this video. It just happened. Uh, it was Tuesday. Is anybody familiar with a country singer named Randy Travis? Okay, he was inducted. This was the the announcement for the induction of being in the Hall of Fame, the Country Hall of Fame, Country Music Hall of Fame. And this woman stood by his side um, through many, many difficult challenges to bring him glory. And so, um, yeah, let's go ahead and just watch it. We can't make it any bigger. For some reason, the, the bandwidth doesn't support it bigger, so that's about the biggest we can get. Thank you, <laughs> ma'am. Um, Thank ma'am. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I've been I've been asked to take on this daunting task of being the voice for this man who so eloquently put words to melody to make beautiful music for the world to enjoy. Um, he lived and he loved the songs that he wrote and the songs that he sang. Um, he's a man of great courage, as you all know. He's kind, he's gentle, and he has God-given talents that I feel like when he went to take lessons from Miss Kate Mangrum when he was nine years old, he was um, with his brother Ricky, who was 10. And it's a story that he told me several times, and I'm glad I listened. Um, <laughs> but Ricky decided he didn't want to sing. They both played the guitar. And Daddy had told him that one of them had to sing. And Ricky was the oldest, so he got to choose, and he chose not to sing. And that's how Randy Travis started singing <laughs> at nine years old. It was under duress, I guess, from his older brother, and thank God for that. Um, 
1969, he was uh, he entered into a Paz Fiddle Convention, and he won Most Improved. <laughs> I don't think that when he did either one of those in rural North Carolina that he had his sights set on the Hall of Fame for country music. I know that he chose a career that he was hoping he could make a difference in. That career made a difference in him. He often spoke of the people that he got to meet and the places that he got to go, the artists that he got to work with, the band and crew that he got to live with on the road, the five USO tours that he had the opportunity to take. He spoke of those fondly. We were with Larry Gatlin at a um, benefit that we did in Texas, and Larry, he made me laugh because he said, man, we were hot. We were doing everything just right in the mid-'80s, and we were down at the Houston Livestock Show every year, and we were selling out at 45,000 people. Then along came this kid named Randy Travis. <laughs> and he said, and he had 49,000 people there. He said, we knew we were done. <laughs> he has a great story to tell there. Anyway, Randy's often said, no doubt, there have been storms in life. And he said, but God Almighty has carried him through each and every one, and today makes him the man that he is. Um, he's honored beyond words to join those before him that are members of the Hall of Fame and the ones that no doubt will follow. He, he thanks God for the privilege of being able to do what he's loved to do. He said that this doesn't seem right that he gets to sing the songs that he loves to the fans that he loves with the people that he loves and to be honored in such a way. Thank you to the CMAs, for all of the people that are members of the CMA that gave him a chance. It's buffering, is there anything? That helped him along the way. Oh, okay, it's back on. That believed in him, and now have allowed him to hang his hat on the walls of fame with the greats before him. There's too many people to thank um, that, that, that have been a part of his, his band, his crew, Kyle Lenning, Martha Sharp, Elizabeth Hatcher, Jeff Davis, who was on the road with him for so long, uh, Warner for believing in him from the start and being with him still today. For all of the fellow artists and writers that he had the opportunity to work with. Thank you for the people that have been our, our, our friends and that have stood beside us through the last three years um, after spending the months in the hospital when they really said there was no hope. Go ahead and pull the plug. I went to his bedside and I said, baby, I said, you got to give me some more fight. And I knew that he had had a little talk with Jesus because he squeezed my hand and a little tear fell down. And I knew that he wasn't through yet. So he's a wonderful man, a wonderful husband. I'm blessed beyond measure to get to walk beside him. Thank you again to the CMAs and for all of the people that have been such a part of his life and his career and are now a part of our lives. Thank you very much. His wife, Mary, is my sister. And they have walked through a lot together. They literally said to pull the plug at Baylor Hospital.
And she said, if there's a heartbeat, how can we? Are we willing to fight for our men? Are we willing to stand beside them in the hard times? Um, Mary has her story to tell. But as a bystander, uh, she's an amazing person. She's my older sister. I love her dearly. And she is, uh, she's been through a lot. That's right. <laughs> you couldn't see it there, but she has a cute nose. <laughs> That's right. Um, I just... I just love the way she's stood beside him. She's helped him with lots of physical therapy. She's helped him. They said he would never talk. He can talk a little bit more than there. But he can walk. Mm -hmm. He can walk unassisted. They said he would never walk. They didn't think he would live. And they push hard. They work hard. But they adore one another. Mm -hmm. They adore one another. They found a love for one another. There is a delight between the two of them before he had his stroke and after his stroke. You can see it. There is a love there. To be a glory to our men. To love them. To stand beside them. Whether we're single or married, it doesn't matter. This is a picture of Christ in the church of standing beside our men. It brings a glory to him. Um... I wrote her a letter, and I said, Dear Randy and Mary, what a beautiful picture of persistence, love, and God's rich blessing. Well done, you two. I'm so proud of you both for all the hard-fought battles you have plowed through and won because you chose to look to the Lord. Forgive and love. Sure looks good on you both. Randy, thank you for being the gifted man of courage, strength, and humility you are and the way you love my sister. I am so thankful you and Mary have each other. You are both an inspiration to me and many. Mary, what a wonderful job you did sharing Randy's heart and capturing the essence of such an amazing man. Thursday in our Bible study for the women of the church, we are covering the subject of glory of man from 1 Corinthians 11, 7, B and C. Mary, you standing by Randy's side is a fitting example of what it is for a wife to be her husband's glory, both in private and in public. You brought forth the honor due a man who has lived life well. Not perfectly, but well. What a compliment you two are to each other. Love you, Love you too. And she just said, your words mean more than gold. And she responded back. But um, anyhow, may we be a glory to our men. Do you have any questions? I was going to do questions and I forgot to do that first. Any questions? questions that you have we have some time here anybody scratch down any questions any facilitators were there any questions that you had in your groups well when we started this it sounded like there were lots of questions come on fess up did I answer all of them Beverly did I answer all your questions oh okay Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Be motivated by love. Identity in Christ allows us to pick up 
no mm-hmm. matter if we have one in ourselves, we can have all the confidence in the world in God. Mm-hmm. And if we just step back up into that place in our hearts and our minds, that attitude of change, he said to how many times we need to sow the spirit and let it fire, you know, and let those things just leave it, leave that ground on the ground. Mm-hmm. That's really good, Allie. Mm -hmm. And I think what allows us to be able to do that is to forgive. Mm -hmm. To forgive ourselves Mm -hmm. and to forgive others. Whether it's our father, a husband, a brother, someone who has hurt us in some way, is to forgive and release it. Um, I think that's huge. Any other thoughts or questions? Any aha moments? Mm-hmm. And, and our kindness leads them to repentance, or you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we were talking about how it's much easier to follow a man who is following God. Yes. Than, than, you know what I mean? To submit to. Uh, you know what I mean? Because it's like, yeah. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? If that's not how they're behaving, but it's like, but they're, we really do have a part mm-hmm. in, in our kindness. Because, you know what I'm saying? That, mm-hmm. that I think um, I had a boss whose husband is not. Christian, but he really, he, he saw, she got saved after they were married, and he really saw a difference in her, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and it's just, and it was turning in his heart, I don't know, you know, the mm-hmm. end of their story, but, mm-hmm. but you could see it turning, because mm-hmm. he's seen the difference there, and the mm-hmm. kindness, instead of her telling him how he could do it, or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. whatever it was, it was really neat to see that. Mm. That's good, that's good. We're all growing in this. We're all learning in this. And it's a, it's a daily, it's something we do daily. We learn, we grow, we pray, we learn, we grow, we make mistakes, we keep growing, we keep picking our crown up, we keep receiving God's forgiveness for us and, and giving that forgiveness out to others and not playing, not pulling the victim card, but being a victor through the blood of Christ. So let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this study. Thank you that you, you are our glory, Lord, and that we are your glory. Thank you that for the roles of men to be the glory of God. Help us as women to stand beside our men, to encourage them, to see the good in them, to, uh, to sing their praises, Lord. Help us to see them the way you see them. And may we be patient and allow you to deal with them. May we speak the truth in love. May we not be doormats, but may we be thoughtful and patient and kind and gentle. Lord, that goes against our nature at times. And we need your help to do that, to be the glory to our men, to walk beside them, to be patient with them, to love them, to allow them to love us that when they compliment us to say thank you and not say, well, if it wasn't for the cellulite or if it wasn't for the whatever, but to be genuinely appreciative of what they say and what they do. Lord, help us to be a glory to our men, to have hearts that are free, that we can laugh and we can smile and we can love. Thank you for the way you love us so that we can love others. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for teaching us and training us your truths. In Jesus' name, amen.